Well, thank you. That last piece of music has always been one of my favorites, so thank you for singing that. Well, this is our last official class, as I said. Tomorrow is Sunday service. It feels like we've gone through a lifetime together, actually. There's been so deep, so much inspiration in such a short period of time. Our class this morning is called How Yoga Has Changed My Life. And I think everyone here could give a glowing uh, talk on the subject of how yoga has changed their life. This morning we'll try to uh, not only speak of our own lives, but somehow, even as fascinating as our own lives are, uh, somehow we will try to also make it apply to your life. Um, we've thought often at the Expanding Light about what we really should be doing here is taking before and after pictures. When people arrive, take their picture. When they leave, take the picture of them just glowing with inner light. We had a radiant health course that we gave um, a couple of years ago, and a woman who's been coming to Ananda frequently came to that course, and when she arrived, she looked as stressed out and exhausted. I've never seen her look like that before. And after two days, I said to her, you look amazing. You look like you, because she was totally different. I said, you look like you've been at a spa. And she said, yes, the spa of divine joy. And it transforms us, as it says in the Gita, even a little practice of this inner religion will transform us profoundly. So this morning, how yoga has changed my life, when I heard that topic, two words came into my mind, two words that I heard when I came to Ananda. I'd heard them before, they're common English words, but when I heard them here, they reverberated, and I hope transformed and continue to transform me. It's never a done deal, you know. You have to make the decision every morning to be transformed. So it's still in process. But the first word, I remember when I heard them both, the first word I heard at a class by my friend Shivani, and she used the word choice. And it kind of went boing. And I went, choice. I've never made a choice in my life. I had made a lot of decisions, some good, some not so good, um, but they were always based on whims and fancies. And as it says on the bumper sticker, wherever I went, there I was. I was always the same person, no matter what job I had or what college I went to or what place I lived. And the idea of choice, just the potential of that was so thrilling to me. Um, when I was talking about decisions that I'd made, um, going back to my life, I was thinking about just, you know, going through life as it was and trying to figure out how you do this life and deciding, you know, who your friends are and where you're going to go to school and where you're going to work and all that sort of thing. And everything was going along fairly fine until I came to my senior year of college. I was getting close to graduation. I realized I had only one skill in life, and that was taking exams. And I, <laughs> I didn't understand how that was really going to do much for me <laughs> once I got out of school. And so I began to reflect on my life, and I was not really excited about what I saw. And the next day, I was sharing with my friend Amy. Amy was a very intelligent girl, 
not totally bright, as you'll see, but intelligent. But I said, Amy, I've just been thinking my life is so shallow. And she said, yes, isn't it wonderful? <laughs> so, so I kind of put the question away, and I excitedly moved to California in search of new adventures and um, a new job and a new home and new people and new sites. And I got all into that distraction, and everything was fine. I went to sleep. The night before my 23rd birthday, everything was fine. I woke up the morning of my 23rd birthday, and I was in profound despair, horrible despair. I mean, I was sobbing. I just thought, I can't live my life the way I've been living it. I have to find out who's making the decisions in my life. Where are they coming from? And is it possible? I know there's somebody inside of me that is deeper and wiser than what I've experienced so far, and I've got to find that person. And it was, it was a, totally compelling. It was going to be, there were no other solutions until I found who that was and went there. And I didn't know it had to do with God. I didn't know it had to do with spirituality. I didn't even know much about any of these things, that there were books on them or people who lived them or anything. But I got taken to a talk on meditation and spirituality, and I thought, this is it. And I began to make some choices of moving in the direction of following inner inspiration. And that led me to Ananda. So this idea of choice of how can we choose to be reaching upward so that it's not just rearranging the same pieces. This is the kind of thing that we have to do every single moment. When we meditate, we try to choose to focus our mind on our direction of concentration here. We try to redirect our thoughts, our, our mental energy so that our concentration is here. And then what happens? Sometimes we drift, don't we? I think of drifting as the big obstacle to meditation. We drift. We don't even know we're drifting for quite a while. We are lost in a drift. <laughs> and then we know, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I have to get back. And I was thinking that life is, of course, like meditation, as we always say. And in life, we're trying to do the same thing. We're trying to stay on point. We're trying to keep our consciousness high. But what happens? We drift, and we start to think, oh, I wish things were different than they are. I don't like that person, or I wish I could be like them. And we get lost in some sort of a drift that can take us for days or weeks or years or whatever until we notice I've got to get back on point. I was thinking of an experience I had. This was actually many, many years ago. And I became friends with someone in the community, and I, I liked them. But I had in my mind this thought, there's something about this person I don't like. Now, how? what is that quality that I just don't feel comfortable with? And it wasn't that I thought they were deceitful. It was just some little like or dislike, right? And I was kind of following that trend. Now, what is it? I just can't figure out what I don't like about them. And honestly, finally, I went, hello, what are you thinking? <laughs> Why would you want to be focused on something like that? Do you think that 
this is how God is thinking? Oh, I really like that person, but there's something I don't like. Why don't you try and get on point here? Why don't you try to see them the way Swami sees them, the way Yogananda sees them? See the joy and the goodness and the blessedness in them and focus on that. Hello, this is what we're trying to do. And so we get caught in these drifts. And we need to just say, is this taking me in the direction I want? We heard this week in vari from various speakers about the negative pull. Davy talked about the negative pull at the base of the spine yesterday. It's called the kundalini. And it is our, I love what Swami says, it's our commitment to being separate. We are committed. We have it within our very spine, a commitment to not being one with bliss, with God, with all of creation. Uh, Asha used the word Satan. Satan is that primordial force that pulls us into that separateness and acts through the kundalini and acts through our subconscious mind so that we keep choosing to go into these negative little drifts. And uh, wh why, why don't I feel like meditating? Maybe I should talk to a spiritual counselor about that. Why don't I want to exercise every day? I really need to look at that. In fact, I think I'll sit down and think about that for a while. <laughs> um, so it's, it's always there. The negativity is always there. We don't have to wonder why we feel negative. It's the primordial force that is drawing us. What we have to say is, how can I feel positive? How can I shift my direction? We use a term in English, we say entertaining a thought. I was entertaining a thought. I was entertaining a doubt. What happens when we entertain? When you entertain someone, they think you're enjoying being in their presence. They want to come back to your house. They want to spend time with you because you're so entertaining. We don't want to entertain negative thoughts. We want to say, OK, it exists. No big question why it exists. How can I change it? How can I choose to lift my consciousness? The, the, on Saturday afternoon, we're going to have initiation into uh, what's called the Pilgrim Vow. Swami felt an inspiration from God to start this uh, Naya Swami order in, 19, in 2009. Many, most of us probably here in this, order, uh, in this room are in it. Um, but it was a beautiful decision because it's a, it's a totally Dwapara Yuga order. There's no organization whatsoever. It, it, it doesn't funnel to anything. It doesn't lead to anything. But it's totally focused on the individual. And it offers each individual a chance to say, I don't want to drift. I want to stand before God and say, I see my life as a pilgrimage. I am moving in that direction. Will I always stay on point? Will I never drift? Will I always remember what I'm doing? Probably not. But will I always want to come back? Yes, I will. And so that's what we're trying to do, is to choose a direction for our life and to go in that direction. The second word, in case you remembered, I said two words. The second word that I learned when I came to Ananda, even more common than the first word, was the word yes. When I first came, Swami had uh, recorded one of his first albums, and it was called Say Yes to Life. 
And honestly, I was staggered by that title. I realized I've only, my theory was say maybe to life. I'd never, th I'd never thought of saying yes to life. And, it, and the implications were huge. And so I tried to get on board with saying yes to life. And how do we say yes? Does it mean that everything that comes our way, we say, oh, yeah, I'll go do that with you. I'll go do that with you. And no, but we say yes to the whole process. I had an interesting experience not too long ago. Um, Joe Tish talked Monday about there being two God's wills, referring to a, an experience of another friend of ours. And this was a situation like this. A person and I were trying to make a decision. I was, of course, right. My way, <laughs> my way was based on Dharma, but they weren't listening to me. And um, Swami has, was asked once, what is attunement? And he said, attunement is harmony. And I had to say that even though I was absolutely right, my way was right, I knew I was right, I totally didn't feel harmonious inside. I felt really frustrated. I felt really annoyed and, and just a kind of an uptight feeling. And I thought, okay, I got to look at this because I'm clearly not in tune. So I stepped aside from the situation for a few moments and I said, what happens if you say yes? And I just tried to get my mind around this concept of yes. And I went back into the situation. And I said, okay, we're doing it your way. And I just felt this inward relaxation, inward happiness. Things softened up and all, surprisingly, went very, very well that day. So how do we say yes? What if the other person is wrong? We can't say yes to something that's really wrong but we can say yes to the situation. I'm in this situation. I accept that this is coming from God. I accept all the parts of this. And from this place of acceptance, I will make my choices. I will not reject that other situation, but I will embrace it. We, I gave a talk um, recently at a, a big fair called Wanderlust and led people through an experience of the subconscious mind, the conscious mind, and the superconscious mind. And the subconscious mind always says no. The conscious mind's always trying to figure it out, make it work in some way that in, doesn't involve personal change. And the conscious mind, <laughs> the conscious mind is transformative. And this, I mean, the superconscious. And the only way to get to the superconsciousness is by lifting, by practicing raising our energy. And so we did this whole process. And at the end, with some amount of chutzpah, I said, does anyone want to share what happened? I didn't know who would say what. And this man answered, and he gave a perfect example. He said, my wife and I are trying to build a house together. And she's a yogi. I'm just a regular person. And she <laughs> wants it to be very small. And I don't want it to be very small. And we're at this impasse. And so my subconscious response was, well, she's just hung up on this less is more thing, and you know, kind of she's got her problems, and I don't know what to do about that, and I'm just fed up with it. That was the subconscious. That goes nowhere. It's just stuck. My conscious mind, he said, I realized was a little bit manipulative. Okay, dear, I'm going to build you in our house a nice yoga room for your yoga, and we're going to have a sort of a Zen-style house, and then uh, maybe I'll get my way, and it could be a big Zen-style house. <laughs> But then he, 
he went through the exercise that we did to lift his mind to the superconscious. And what he said was very interesting. After that, you know, the two different ways, which were all rejecting, rejecting in some way, he said, I had this sense that what I wanted to do is the two of us get together and think as a, as a, as a team, how do we want people to feel when we come into our house? How do we see our house? How do we want to feel ourselves when we're there? Just a whole different shift of embrace. Embrace the situation, say yes. So we're coming to the end of our time together. And as Davy said at the very beginning, during this week, we've had the opportunity to sort of put aside all the different parts of our lives and just say, let's just go on this journey of divine joy together. But as we go back and we pick up the job, which is very demanding, and the family, which has a lot of demands and the worries and the very real things that are part of our lives, it's not going to be quite as easy. And I wanted to leave you with two quotations of Yogananda's that for me are profound and they very much have to do with choice and saying yes. And the first is, wherever you have placed me, there you must come. Wherever you have placed me, there you must come. And the second is, I will fight the battle, I will fight to win the battle for joy on the very spot where I now am. I will fight to win the battle for life on the very spot where I now am. <laughs>